You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. a beautiful day for a genocide a beautiful day for a bombing would you be mine step on my mind it's a beautiful day in this neighborhood an opportune day for a drone strike would you be mine step on my mind i have always wanted to have a victim just like you i've always wanted to bomb a hospital and a wedding too So let's make the most of this tactical day Since we're enemies, we might as well say Would you be mine? Step on my mind Won't you be my target? Won't you please? Won't you please? Please won't you be my target? Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again, the best damn liberty podcast that you've never heard of. I'll be your guide as we peer into the ridiculous reality that is our society and our government. Let's get to it. Do you know, it would have been really cool if I could have started off the first episode of Make Liberty Great Again in this new decade, you know, being able to say something like Happy New Year or I hope your New Year's Eve was good and fun, but no. Donald Trump wouldn't let me do that. Uh, he just had to to start some shit in Iran. So instead, you got a rendition of the theme song from the great Mr. Rogers Neighborhood in the style of John McCain, and you're going to get a discussion of death and destruction. So you're welcome. Welcome to Make Liberty Great Again. I'm your host, Cam Harless, and today I have Ryan Burgett with me. Hey. I would just rant alone in the microphone about this, but I feel like it's usually better to talk about war with at least one other person. So welcome back, Ryan. Let's let's do this thing. All right. To start off, there are some names that I had never heard of before a couple of days ago. And I'll be honest about that. I'm not a Middle East expert. I'm not the foreign policy guy. I react to foreign policy. I don't always know it's coming. I can make some good predictions if I know some some information, though. But yeah, so had you ever heard of Kasim Soleimani before, what, Friday? No, never heard that name before. So he's dead now, and boy did it pop off tonight as we were trying to get this recorded again. I mean, we tried, what, two days in a row, and things just did not work out right? Yeah, something. There was just so much going on that I did want to take a little more time to understand the situation before we started talking about it, but then... I fell asleep last night. And yet, we have so much information now, it's like, we can't even go off of, we can't even talk about it all. (laughs) It's just, it's overwhelming. It's coming too fast. There's no way to talk about it all. And also, I don't know if it's a blessing or a curse that I accidentally fell asleep last night when my my kids woke up and I fell asleep on the floor and hurt my back. I don't know if that's a blessing or a curse because 
Of course, tonight, as we're prepping to do this, another huge development occurs. And I'm following it in uh, Discord on some foreign policy and just regular news, like journalists that are collecting information and doing data mining. And I'm watching all this stuff come in, and I'm like, how much of this saga with Kasim Soleimani is going to matter tomorrow when we or tonight when we record even how much is necessary tomorrow when we're in nuclear war with iran <laughs> right <laughs> probably not that bad hopefully how about this you've read some stuff i've read some stuff but you can get us started so tell us what happened yeah that's a big question began something like really 1600 years ago when could can we skip up to like december i mean i i only have so much time at this point in my night, before I go crazy. Okay, I'll go with the to-the-point techno-agorist-type presentation. So on December 27th, a U.S. contractor was killed during a rocket attack on an, an Iraqi base. In response, the U.S. bombed several bases of a Shia militia group, uh, Hezbollah. The U.S. said the group was responsible for the attack, and overall 25 people were killed by those U.S. strikes. Then on New Year's Eve, in response to those airstrikes, protesters took to the streets outside of the U.S. embassy in Iraq. Eventually, they broke into the compound. Through the visitor's gate, they entered a lobby of the embassy before they were dispersed. And then protests resumed on New Year's Day until the Shia PMF? What's that? <laughs> Uh, the Iraqi Popular Mobilization Forces. Okay, yeah, you wrote that, not me. Until they <laughs> called for an end. Regardless, here's where it gets crazy. Then on January 3rd, the U.S. assassinated the leader of Iran's Quds Force, General Qasem Soleimani, with a drone at the Baghdad airport. Literally, they like somehow blew him up at the airport. Like, what the heck is that? And wasn't it a civilian airport, though? Yeah, I mean, as far as I know... Not a military base, it's an airport. Because that's what I've read. I, I keep reading that it was a civilian airport. So is there like a runway that has a huge hole at Crater in it now? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you, I don't know if you saw the picture of the car after it was destroyed, but it, it mostly just destroyed the car from what I could see. Well, I'm sure Trump is proud of that. His surgically precise, you know, attack. Murder. Either way, it also killed the Iraqi Popular Mobilization Forces Deputy Abu Mahdi al-Muhandis and, you know, a pile of other people altogether. And one of the questions that I had when reading through this is, why should I care about Soleimani or Mohandas? Like, what about them is important? And so I did a little, I, I looked into it. Thank Kyle Anzalone from Foreign Policy Focus slash the Libertarian Institute slash antiwar.com because if it wasn't for him, we would not have the notes like we have. We wouldn't have a lot of the links that we've been able to read through. But one of the most important parts is General Qasim Soleimani of Iran was the head of the Iranian Quds Force, a, a military official of a government who is not at war with the U.S. I mean, he was a pretty popular figure in Iran. Right. Iranian experts have actually compared his stature in Iraq and Iran to World War II heroes like Eisenhower or Patton. And also this other guy that happened to be in the car, allegedly. I don't know if Trump was looking to take out Mohandas or not, but maybe it was just a twofer. He was a deputy in the Iraqi Popular Mobilization Forces, which we will just say PMF from here on out because it's much easier to say. The PMF is a Shia militia that had been integrated into the Iraqi Armed Forces. So, in other words, al was more or less an Iraqi 
general. He was an Iraqi official. In the government. uh, Get this. The U.S., in this assassination, they killed a government and military official from Iran, you know, that country we're not at war with. And they also killed another government official and military official from Iraq, another country we're not at war with. Killed two people from governments of countries the U.S. is not at war with. What the heck is going on? I mean, in any other context, wouldn't we call this an act of war? You know, when you start murdering government officials from other governments? Come on. Right. I mean, in, in not to not to even mention that both of these guys were actually really, uh, you know, instrumental in the fight against the Islamic State. Huh, like, right. y- going back years. I mean, regardless of the ties to Iran or anyone, they were fighting with the U.S. Right. The U.S. and Iran, through this, were tacitly working together to get rid of the Islamic State. So... What are we doing here? Like, I, I did a search not that long ago on Google searches of Soleimani's name and, like, word usage of his name, and it was like there were no searches until the last week. Yeah. It's hard to find old stuff about him. It's it's insane. But th- this guy apparently was huge in defeating ISIS, but now he's the most evil person. He's killed how many Americans? I mean... W- well, let's get in... Let's look at the lies, Okay, there's been a number of lies that have been spread by the federal government and the Trump administration, but not just them, the media as well. The media is echoing this stuff. So get this, the first claim, people are all of a sudden saying, oh, well, Soleimani was a terrible person. He killed hundreds of Americans. This goes all the way back to the Bush administration. When they switched in Iraq from fighting the Sunnis, they turned and started fighting Shiite militias, which apparently Soleimani was working with. Well, around 500 Americans were killed during that fight, and the weapons that they said were responsible for those deaths were EFPs, Explosive Formed Projectile Bombs. Basically, you know, fancy, what are they called? IEDs. Right, they they were the fancy kind. So the initial claim, and what you can find inside of news stories from that time, was that the EFPs were being supplied by Iran, as in they're just like shipping them across the border via Soleimani and his people. If you search, like I said, if you search for Iraq, I searched last night for Iraq EFP on Google, and I was just inundated with page after page of these articles about, quote, Iranian EFPs in Iraq. But like I said, a lot of them are from the last few days, like you were saying. (sighs) Now, the thing that people are forgetting is that the EFPs used in Iraq were largely made in Iraq. Going back to 2007, if you scroll through enough Google pages, in 2007, you read the New York Times reported on an EFD assembly area that was found in Iraq. And before that article was even written in the Los Angeles Times, there was an article that said, quote, U.S. troops are raiding a Baghdad machine shop, came across a pile of copper discs, five inches in diameter, stamped out as part of what was a clearly an ongoing order. This ominous discovery, unreported until now, makes it clear that Iraqi insurgents have no need to rely on Iran as the source of EFPs, end quote. The Wall Street Journal as well, they reported on another EFP factory found in Iraq. The New York Times even at one point openly questioned the claim that EFPs were coming from Iran in an article where they talked about a whole cache of materials used to manufacture EFPs in Iraq. These, the what they found, they found the this cache of supplies with their original labels on them, like stock labels and shipping labels. Mm-hmm. And what they found was that they came from the United Arab Emirates, places in Iraq, and other places. 
So to sum up, Soleimani is claimed to have killed hundreds of Americans by supplying Iraqis with these Iranian EFPs, but the reality is that the EFPs used in Iraq were often, if not always, made in Iraq, and they were built with parts from Iraq, the UAE, presumably Iran, and numerous other places across the Middle East. I mean, Soleimani did not kill hundreds of Americans by supplying them with Iranian EFPs, and the claim that he did so was disproven over a decade ago. Even though you have to, you know, go through like five pages on Google before you actually get to those articles. All I have to say right now is how dare you question the government when it's talking about bombs coming from someplace or being in someplace in the Middle East. They always know where the WMDs and the EFPs are. I mean... They always know before it happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> They've <sighs> never lied about bombs. <laughs> but yeah, one of the things, one of the persistent things that I keep hearing, and it, it makes literally no sense to me. Like, honestly, this verbiage, they're now using it again for tonight. It makes no sense. The claim then was that Soleimani was killed in self-defense hmm. to stop him from carrying out some sort of attack on Americans. It's, that's not how self-defense... Now they're saying that the attack that Iran did tonight, Operation Martyr Soleimani, was done in self-defense. If you used self-defense to mean going up and shooting someone you think is going to do something to you, or shooting someone for doing something to you, pre there's no self-defense in this unless you're actually defending yourself. Am I going crazy, Ryan? I feel like these words mean other things than the way they're using them. But how do you defend when, how are you defending yourself when you're the attacker? I mean, right. come on, the, the U.S. are the ones over there bombing people. They're the ones invading. They're the ones destroying governments. They're the ones assassinating politicians. Seriously, how many, how many people has Iran come over here to the U.S. and assassinated and killed? And how many missiles have they launched into the U.S.? Like, who, same with Iraq. Who are the attackers and who are the, the ones on defense? How do you define something as defense when, one, they're not currently attacking you, and two, you know that it's just going to instigate worse things in the future? It's going to instigate some form of retaliation. How do you call that defense? I had one boomer friend who said, don't you realize we're under attack? This is fight or flight. This is defend yourself or die. To which I said, really? Are you really under attack? He lives two towns away from me. <laughs> really? Are you? I mean, are we in that situation? He goes, you're a pacifist, so you wouldn't get it. It's like, yeah, I'm a you're pacifist. Pastiest. but Oh, yeah. Well, I have no idea what he meant by that. Is that some sort of clever, yeah. witty? Yeah, who knows? Boomer no. humor. <laughs> Hashtag boomer humor. It's, it is not <laughs> clever or witty. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, he's not under attack. Nobody's nobody here's under attack. Uh, we're talking about people who are in another country fighting against them and apparently assassinating political leaders in these other countries in a civilian airport. Imagine that for a second. Imagine if let's say okay, so Soleimani was essentially the second most powerful man in Iran. He was seen more or less like a vice president as well as a general. So imagine he would be kind of like a mixture between Petraeus and Pence. Like, if you mix those two people together, the evil of Petraeus with, with the evil of <laughs> the Pence. The stupidity of Pence. <laughs> yeah. But imagine if, if Mike Pence went to England, where we're not at war with, and a drone from France came out of nowhere and killed Pence. How would America respond to that? 
how would how would anyone justify that? It, yeah, who knows? Would the U.S. say, "Oh, well, they were just defending themselves"? <laughs> yeah, magical it's thinking, bizarre. But I mean, that's the thing. the 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 federal government claims that Soleimani was plotting an imminent attack on Americans. But what do we know about that? Who's he going to attack? Where's the attack going to happen? Really, we don't know anything about this imminent attack, do we? No, we've not been told anything. But they know that there's no proof for that, or at least they they know that they're not going to provide us with any proof for that. So they're making other claims. And one of the more laughable ones was when Vice President Pence claimed that Soleimani assisted the 9-11 hijackers. <laughs> so, yeah. Right, and used the wrong number of hijackers. Yeah, immediately after the words came out of his mouth, all of the media and the internet was all over him for how absurd his claims were. His, what are you talking about? An obvious, complete lie the dude made up on the spot, apparently. Like, completely absurd. And yet, the vice president of the United States went publicly and said that. And I saw a video today with the secretary of state where he said that <laughs> Soleimani and the, the Iranians were working with, what was it? Oh, is Al-Qaeda. They actually said they were working with Al-Qaeda. Right. That makes sense. I mean, if you know anything about what was going on in that area, in, in the what's been going on in the Middle East, the Iranians and the Shiites, they are the ones against Al-Qaeda. They're not working with Al-Qaeda. They've never been working with Al-Qaeda. And Soleimani and all these people, they were the ones helping the U.S. fight against those folks. This is so bizarre, man. But lies, lies, all freaking lies. So many lies, and not to mention the one, one, one fun claim that I keep hearing, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on. I mean, I could do the constitutional thing. I don't like to do it. I'm not interested in that. <laughs> I used to be, <laughs> you know me, I used to be like, Constitution, I just, I don't care. It doesn't matter. But do you think the claim that they're making that Trump had the authority to choose to assassinate this guy in a different sovereign country that we weren't at war with. Do you think Trump actually had the authority to do that? No, obviously not. Where where would that authority come from? <laughs> the magic toilet paper. Yeah, well, I mean, what, they in 2001, <laughs> they did the, the authorization for use of force in Afghanistan, then 2002 authorization for use of force in Iraq, and then we left Iraq, so that one's presumably, you know, done. Until Obama used it. Well, I mean, he did use it. But it was specifically to fight IS or ISIS or whatever they were called. Our yeah. You know, the ones who Soleimani was working with them to stop. So right. unless unless Soleimani was part of the Taliban or Al-Qaeda, you know, from the 2001 authorization for use of military force, unless he was working with them or unless he was part of the, whole, the, the Iraq one, you know, even though he was working with the Iraqi government that the U.S. put in place, it just doesn't make any sense, like where he would have got this authorization from. This was a political assassination. Good Lord. Tulsi Gabbard, man, she was right from the very beginning. She was very straight about what this was. She called it an act of war against Iran. And it obviously is. What, how could you see it as anything else? Right. I mean, it, like literally back to my example of Pence or even someone lower. Uh, what's uh, Pompeo? Let's say Pompeo was killed in another country. Would Trump see that as anything other than an act of war? No, it would automatically be an act of war. We are going yeah. to kill you. We are going to, by the way, it's been a minute since I've heard a president claim that he was about to do some war crimes. 
<laughs> like just outright oh this is going to be disproportionate oh i have 52 symbolic sites chosen to match the number of um hostages that were taken well, 50, back in 52 the day. sites which were military government and cultural 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 what the heck triple is saying he's gonna blow up like what our archaeological sites history right what is wrong with that what is he thinking it's what? it's it's well, did you see the next day after he made those absurd claims? Was it the Department of Defense or Department of State? One of them came forward and they're like, by the way, Trump's not going to be blowing up any archaeological sites. That would be a war crime or, you know, something or other. Yeah. <laughs> like, so don't worry about that. But then you have to ask, then what was he talking about? <laughs> is he just, is he really doing it, everything from the seat of his bluster. pants? I mean, I guess so. It was, it was, a, it was threats that if he had carried out would have absolutely been war uh, war crimes and crimes against humanity cultural sites typically have these little these people called civilians in them hmm, hmm. yeah but we're not talking about people we're talking about iranians man they're practically animals right they're the, they're the ones they're practically the ones who blew up the world trade centers all of them i mean they have the dark skin you know they're yeah. from the middle east some some of their women look like ninjas i mean exactly gotta be the you bad can't guys trust these people exactly they, they're all part of al-qaeda ah <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he he essentially was claiming that he was going to do some hardcore war crimes if one American soldier got killed. And I'm like, or even threats, it sounded like. I'm like, dude, get off the toilet, put your phone down and talk to Rand Paul, please. Hmm. No, our responses were supposed to be angry and be like, why is Rand Paul spending any time with any time with Trump? And, you know, get all get all annoyed. He's trading his ideals, spending time with Trump. Wait, you mean... The one guy who's actually somewhat anti-war in Washington, D.C., you're angry that he's hanging out with Donald Trump? <laughs> Come on, people are nuts. <laughs> None of I it I mean, obviously, sense. Trump isn't spending time with Tulsi Gabbard, so. That's, that's one of the things, one of my favorite things to look at after some large event like this happens is the public reaction, uh, public, private, politicians, all of them, to see what kind of stupid garbage that comes up. And boy, have I seen some stupid garbage. Well, the media is pointing out all the lies, right? Oh, absolutely. That's the, they're not the enemy of the people. They're pointing out all the lies and, and, and mistruths, right? <laughs> Even the New York Times? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny how the, like, the, the supposed alleged anti-war left is now out and about again. And it's like... Kind of. You are all... Well, no, no, no. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're not, because there's no such thing as the anti-war left. There are like three guys... That are anti-war on the left, and it's, I, I only know of one of them, which is Noam Chomsky. But beyond that, it's like all these people—they just don't like Trump. Obama right. did all things like this all the time, including killing American citizens with drones. Hmm. But they didn't say anything. I I have so little patience for the quote-unquote anti-war left. If we're talking about people in the federal government, like Nancy Pelosi and some of the Democrats, they've come out and they're now saying there needs to be more presidential oversight you know, of, of war stuff and okay, boomer defense stuff and military and bombings. And yet they very intentionally don't ever actually condemn the actions themselves. All they do is say, oh, well, you know, we should have more say in what happens. No, just say it's wrong. Like, why can't you guys yeah. be against this stuff? That everyone in DC is a neocon apparently, except for Rand Paul and Tulsi. Well, that's the thing. Then Neocon, I don't know if you know this, but neoconservatism came from Trotskyism, so it's not far off 
from the left and where they're headed with their they're all tankies let's not pretend they're anything else <laughs> they, they make money off of this stuff they want to be the elite they want to make millions of dollars by sending kids off to war just like every republican almost every republican does so i mean yeah. what do you what what can you expect from these people what i didn't expect for some reason i don't know why this didn't hit my mind was nancy pelosi and joe biden telling everyone to pray for what's going on in iran wait pray they don't like prayer right isn't prayer right. a waste of time and energy like stop praying about gun violence you know get off your butts and do something about it yeah they don't like prayer now they like prayer now they do now they know that there are going to be a bunch of people on the right and some people from the left etc there are going to be a lot of americans whose families are military who are about to be put into danger and they know they have to say some some stuff like that so that they're not absolutely despised by I mean those or maybe they're saying it because they believe what they said before you know they said prayer doesn't do anything so why are you wasting time praying and then you get to this where the US is starting a war and they say oh pray about it as in, don't do anything about it. Just sit back and... Is that what they're, you know, uh, implicitly saying? <laughs> sit back and don't do anything about it so, and let us do our thing? That's, I wouldn't put it past them. It's, it's, it's all a front, man. There is some good stuff, though. I was able to find in the week, all right, this dude, Ryan Cooper. He's, he's a leftist. He writes about global warming and everything else. But he had yeah. a great article called America is Guilty of Everything We Accuse Iran of Doing. And we, we'll need to put that link in the show notes because that is just it was excellent. wonderful. I know. He points out the hypocrisy of the U.S. government claiming that, you know, the violence in the Middle East is Iran's fault. Wh what is so much of the violence related to? It's related to this insane war on terror. But either way, he points it out point by point. It was wonderful. Oh, yeah. That was that was like reading it as I was going through there. I was like, man, I you can tell he's a leftist by the way he writes certain things. But as I was reading it, I was like, yes, that's good. Yes, that's good. Yeah, how am, how am I reading this? This isn't on antiwar.com. How am I even getting here? And I read, I won't say by whom, but there was one article I read from a libertarian source that was just pure drudgery to read through. I agreed with everything they said, but as I was reading it, I was like, I hate reading this. <laughs> but this one was fun. What has been cool when it cut, like I was talking about, you know, there is no anti-war left when it comes to federal officials in government and right, politicians. politicians. Right. So like Bernie Sanders, which I, I, if I haven't mentioned this before, too bad, I'm going to now. And if I have, you get another dose of it. But Bernie Sanders is a good example of this because he was the one who goes out and says, you know, I voted against the Iraq war. I was against the war, blah, blah, blah. But he f neglects to mention that like his next vote was to fund the Iraq war. Right. He didn't vote for all of the funding, all of the bills, but he did vote for a whole lot of those budgets that funded the war. <sighs> right. And it's like, oh, you're full of crap, because if you were against the war, you would have not voted to fund it. Yep. So quit lying. You're because that that's so clear to me. It's just so clear that someone's trying to present a front rather than actually believing in something. But there are some regular people who actually <laughs> who are actually against war. Imagine that. It's always great to see a protest on the streets with signs that isn't something that's so stupid that I want to blow my brains out when I watch it. No pink hats. Pussy hats. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No pink hats. No weird claims of being 
marginalized or oppressed or disenfranchised or whatever, which Naked with no women. evidence. Yeah, like <laughs> literally, these there are people, thousands of people, slut rallies. <laughs> <laughs> but there are thousands of people that are that are taken to the streets across the U.S. and and all over the internet. We know these people who were you know very. They're protesting this. They're protesting the war right. like they did when you know Obama wanted to go into Syria in what 2013 when there was a big bash backlash. There was against a couple it times 2012, 2014. But no, it's. It, I think one of my favorite parts of this is just going on Facebook and on Twitter somewhat too, and just seeing a pro, a, a picture I made of a peace peace symbol that has the Iranian flag in it, just on people mm-hmm. I've never interacted with whatsoever using that to protest the war. And it's like, hey, I made that. Hey, that was me. Yeah, <laughs> I remember when you it's, made it's, that. It's 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 really cool watching that happen. I I mean, it does it do anything maybe not putting up the the your protest but you need to say what you're for man i mean you have to be able to go out there and say you know what i am against murdering people i'm against mass murder i'm against killing soldiers why do you say such controversial things man are you one of those pastiests (laughs) I'm, i'm definitely a pastiest there's there's there doesn't seem to be like there I'm, i always get pushback from different people about oh well you put up a profile picture about being against the war oh you oh look i'm helping yeah i mean that's it's funny yeah you're, you're funny but really we need to be able to share our discontent we need to be able right. to share that's how the market works right and so that's why i created that little thing was because i wanted to share my discontent and also i hated all of the other profile pictures people were using that's what i was going to say (laughs) there's new ones with this new conflict people have in the last two days made these new ones and they're horrible to look at yeah the the beauty of what you made is it was simple and yet it was very clear what it was not crazy busy and wild yeah (laughs) i'm gonna put a mandala in the middle of this for no reason whatsoever (laughs) (laughs) Um, have any, like, if to your knowledge, have any of the presidential candidates on either side actually said anything against the war, like, consistently? <laughs> well, I mean, no. Which isn't a big surprise, because <laughs> they're all, everyone in, 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 uh, in government seems to be pro-war and pro-violence. But, like I mentioned earlier, Tulsi Gabbard, from the beginning, man, she has been just perfect on this topic, yeah. seemingly. I mean, she from the very beginning, she went on Fox and Friends and she called out the hypocrisy of the U.S. government. She condemned their actions and she called them an act of war. I mean, you really can't get more straightforward than that. She just called it like it is. But she's the only one. (laughs) There's all those people who hate Trump and yet they they hate Trump so bad. There's nothing he can do that's right. And yet they can't step forward and say, what are you doing committing acts, acts of war against people we aren't at war with? We live. It's cloud world, man. I've heard a few of them kind of say things against this, but it, 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 the context has always been. It's it always just seems because it's President Trump that did it, which is such yeah. a cop out way to be against something. I mean, you have to base it on that. But they also like Tulsi Gabbard. This is one thing that I'll say about her. I didn't hear. I don't think I heard her start the sentence off with well. This guy was an evil, evil man. But blah blah blah. I, I, I uh, she that's did. fine with me. If she did say that. <laughs> yeah, she. Oh, did. she did. She went through the. She did. She the. Whole, this was a terrible, evil, horrible man who deserved uh, the worst of the worst because he killed hundreds of Americans. And blah, blah blah blah. She she told that that line, but oh man, 
I want, I really, I'm so tired of people doing that. Oh, I, I'm tired of the, the double uh, talk, man. Always prefacing their words with everything, with all this other stuff. And just, just tell it like it is. We don't need the other stuff. I don't know anything about Sol- Soleimani. I didn't until the other day. Was he an evil man? Maybe. He, he, he very well could have been. I mean, there we've heard some talk from people who are saying that in different parts of the Middle East, people are, you know, cheering that this man is dead. Well, Sunnis. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we saw pictures of, what, tens of thousands of people walking to this man's funeral in the procession. So, I mean, there were a lot of people who loved him. I mean, presumably, because in North Korea, remember how many people showed up to Kim Jong-il's wedding? Uh, funeral not wedding showed up at his funeral weeping and crying (laughs) or when stalin died the point is i don't know if that's what's going on all i know is that i would have to do some some more study to find out how evil this man was before even prefacing with that i know there's a lot of other evil people in the world (laughs) right just knock them all out it doesn't matter how evil this particular human being was the fact is the president of the united states shot a drone in a civilian airport, from my understanding, and killed the number two official in Iran and a high-up gener- general in the, the PMF militias in Iraq. This is a thing that happened. There's no way to color this as anything other than an act of war. Right. So why do I have to say anything about him being evil or not? The fact is, this is an act of war. This has caused retaliation. And who knows what's going on now? So, oh boy, I just remembered. Well, let's talk about some of the crazy things people have said. (gasps) I had one guy said, hey, don't forget, the U.S. won two world wars. He said that to me. (sighs) What in the world? How, like you were saying, how is evil Soleimani? how, How relevant is that? Well, even on an even lesser side, like, how is that relevant? What, the U.S. won two world wars? Therefore, therefore what? what? Therefore, we can assass- <laughs> the U.S. can assassinate anyone they want? Well, what does that mean? How could that ever be relevant? And if it is relevant, I don't know, then all morals are relative. Everything's relative. This, we live in nothing makes any sense. One thing I'd like to mention is that my mom called me the other day before today, obviously, the other day. So... It was before Iran had retaliated, but (laughs) she asked, what what did I think about what's going on over there? And I hadn't looked into it at all at that point. And I was like, well, we shouldn't be over there. And so she she was like, because that's going to be my answer all the time. Mm -hmm. There is no need for us to have bases in Iraq. There is no need for us to have 35 bases all around there. If you don't want an embassy to be attacked and protested and storm have it stormed in by militia members and protesters get out of there iraq has asked us to leave at this point why are we still there but she was you know she asked me that and i was like well you know i don't think we should be there and she was like well what about what about israel and i went (laughs) yeah what (laughs) (laughs) because i'm like you know i i hope israel is safe cool let them be safe. But what does that have to do with us being in Iraq? Why do we have to do that? And it was one of those things that ma- I laughed so hard tonight to myself in a very cynical way because I saw a an update from Hezbollah saying that if anyone retaliated against Iran after their retaliation tonight, that they would directly attack Israel. And so my first thought was, oh, so President Trump, by killing the Iranian general, has put Israel in danger of being attacked by Hezbollah. (laughs) So, mom. What about Israel, mom? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't do this stuff. 
If you really want Israel to be safe, we need to stop killing people in the Middle East. Just Let's just stop doing that. Because they know the connection between the U.S. And, the, and Israel. They know how this works. So maybe we shouldn't give them the firepower. Makes sense. Yeah, I had an, I had an old family friend who unfriended me on uh, Facebook. Dude, dude lost it. He got so upset. He was the one who kept calling me a pastiest <laughs> for some <laughs> reason. Either way. But yeah, he unfriended me and I'm... I've intentionally not talked with uh, my parents or anybody else. I just don't yeah. feel like talking with Trump supporters right now. And, and I'll, I'll post on my wall, you know, and, and tell it like it is. But golly goodness, if, if, if anyone calls me to talk to talk about that, I'm like, I, I'm just not interested. Let's talk in a week or so, maybe. Hopefully things will have settled down then. Yeah, I hope so. Things, things won't settle down, I doubt. I mean, I doubt that things are going to settle down. Because, you know, tonight... At I think he, they said it was 105 Iranian time. They started shooting ballistic missiles towards the same base that they killed Soleimani at. Same base, same airport area, etc. At the same time, allegedly that they killed that the U.S. killed Soleimani. So it's just a very clear sticking it to him. We are doing something back to you. I don't know all of the details yet. Everything's going to shake out. Apparently some Iraqis have died. Yeah, that's up in the air, too. Like I've been doing this data mining stuff. All I know is that there were some Iraqi injuries. I don't know if anyone's died yet. Okay. They're claiming that it, they're all kind of claims all over the place. That's one that's going to have to shake out. Hopefully this is enough. Hopefully, you know, the world will laugh at them for their uh, pathetic show. Cause, right. <laughs> I mean, that's what happens. They shoot these missiles and people, if they don't. They rarely actually do much of anything, unlike the U.S., who, when they shoot a missile, dozens and dozens of people die every single time. Yeah, and civilians. So hopefully this will just kind of get it out of their system, and then Trump will move on. I have no idea. It's it's all crazy, but, you know, I'm just hoping this is the end. And then after tonight, Iran did their thing, and then the U.S., what, slapped some new sanctions on Iran, and... What's going to happen in Iraq, though? Because immediately after, like the day after killing Soleimani, the Iraqi parliament got together and they said, we want the U.S. all troops out now. They demanded that the U.S. leave now. And then it was reported by some people that the U.S. was about to leave, but then uh, head of the DOD came up forth and said, nope, we're not leaving. And then Trump made this bizarre claim that he said that the U.S. helped them build a big base there, and yeah, it's the, the U.S. Trumpian troops won't leave until they've paid the U.S. back for the base that they built after <laughs> the U.S. invaded their country. <laughs> what? I spent a lot of, of money on that. Is that? Uh, according to some of the things that I'm reading, like I said, some of this is going to be very speculative because it's all right. just happened. But I have heard that the people in Iraq, some higher up officials have reiterated that the U.S. needs to get the quote unquote hell out of our region. Um, I have heard that the PMF is prepared to fight against the U.S. forces. I've heard a lot of stuff. And if, if uh, you know, a portion of it's true... God help us if we decide to stay over there, because if we don't, if Trump doesn't have someone smart next to him saying, hey, de-escalate, let's not push this, let's not show how big your balls are right now, then that if he doesn't do that, we're screwed, because it's just another quagmire. It's a quagmire waiting to happen. It's not necessarily World War Three, 
let's remember this is the government the U.S. put in place. They invaded right. Iraq. They killed hundreds of thousands of people. They they captured Saddam Hussein, had him, you know, presumably murdered, uh, killed, executed. Okay, and this is the government the U.S. put in place. <laughs> Come on, and now this government that the U.S. put in place is saying. We don't want you here anymore. Get out. And now the U.S. is going, whoa, whoa, you people. Not to mention that the U.S. put Saddam Hussein in power. Yeah. yeah. So this is, this is third generation stuff. So you should have let me go back all the way back 1,600 years, man. Why just stop me? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, the thing is, it won't, the only way something like this ends up being, quote unquote, World War Three, like people are talking about, is if President Trump decides to be more and more belligerent, retaliate, do some things that no human should ever do. And then Iran talks to their their buddies up in Russia and their buddies over in China, which, by the way, I have read that there have been some, uh, which n- neither of these places really have good navies, but they were going to do some naval tests with Iran in the in the waterways there. And I'm like, if for some reason President Trump pushed it too far, and they called in Russia to help them, like Syria had with the civil war there, that could cause some trouble. But I don't, right at the moment, I don't see that happening. I just see another quagmire like Afghanistan starting again. Well, the biggest thing right now is just seeing if any Americans die today. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the number one thing. On. It'll shake out in the next couple of days. If all these missiles just, you know, bombs just hit these random places, blew some stuff up, destroyed some property... That's one thing. But if we end up finding out that a few Americans were killed in the process, or if the government makes up a few numbers about Americans being killed, then the war hawks, that's basically all they need. Those people are crazy, and they'll immediately say, These, this is an act of war against us. You know, unprovoked attack against our, <laughs> against us. It's just, yeah, it's clown world, man. Or, or probably what they'll do is years from now, they'll say it was Israel. Yeah, say that it was right. in in defense of Israel because they were going to destroy Israel or something. <laughs> I forget where it was. I'm trying to look it up now, but apparently they they Iran already has its next targets picked out if President Trump chooses to retaliate. I, I believe one of them was Haifa. I forget what the other one was because it was a place that I went. Wait, why? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Well, they've threatened places all the way out in the UAE. So. Oh, right. That's what. Okay. Yeah. So the, their third wave would destroy Dubai and Haifa, the um, <laughs> the bases there. Yeah. So I mean, we've got we've got all sorts of people on hair triggers right now, and all of right. these hair triggers depend on if any Americans died and yep. how Trump responds, because there there is no telling. Trump, like I, I've said a million times, has had some good instincts on war. But he's been beefing it so far. Like, do you remember last episode? I said that if Donald Trump would pull out of Afghanistan, stop what happened in Yemen, pardon a couple of people, he'd be the best president of the 21st century. Yep, I remember you saying that. And then he goes and does this not this nonsense. Like, he does the absolute opposite. It's like he's trying to spite but me. bad. So far, the things he's done in the last few days are are almost worse than things I thought that, you know, that Obama's, well, certainly than Obama did, but same with what we imagined Hillary Clinton would start doing. This is just insane how far he's gone in such a seemingly short time. <laughs> it's right. Well, insane. and I, I think that we probably would have been at this point 
a little sooner with Hillary Clinton. Yeah. Well, she seemed to want literal war with Russia. Right. But here we have Trump doing these public assassinations of political leaders. uh, What? He just drove the speed limit, man. He got there a little Uh, slower than she did. So, you know, I assume we're getting closer to the end. Before we do, I want to point out this one. I saw this video. Okay. Now, remember, they're saying that Soleimani, you know, he killed Americans. He was working on an imminent attack on Americans. So by by killing Soleimani, the U.S. actually saved lots of lives, you know, kill a few, save a lot type deal. But Pompeo, Secretary of State, Mike Pompeo, today, or technically yesterday, I watched the video. There's a three-minute video. We should put it in the notes. He said this was the his killing was part of a larger U.S. strategy on Iran. He literally admitted, he admitted that it's, he said, Iran won't get on board with the, with the, you know, the peace deal or something or other they're talking about in the Middle East. Afghanistan. The peace coalition. I think he called it something like the peace coalition. He said Iran refuses to be a part of the peace coalition and blah, 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 and this and that and this and that. And killing Soleimani was a specific point, a strategic point in this process of putting pressure on Iran to do this or that. He admitted it. He admitted the fact that they've lied about it from the beginning in the last few days. It wasn't to save Americans. It was it was part of a strategy to pressure Iran to do political stuff that the U.S. wants them to do. I can't believe they even released this. I can't believe he said this. It is so freaking on the nose. Are you trying to tell me that someone from the Trump administration finally admitted that he's playing 4D chess? More like 8D, 9D, who knows? <laughs> oh, dude, none of it makes any sense. This is all crazy. Yeah, there's there's so much to go go through in this. I hope we provided some information <laughs> and some insight, maybe some analysis, but my God, it's I've read so much more than I typically do in the last 24 hours, last 48 hours for this. Yeah. And it just keeps piling up. So we've got this out there. If there's any information that we missed, we're sorry. We definitely missed some, but it'll be okay. You can tweet at me and I'll say something sarcastic back. But yeah, I, th- I think that that's about all I can deal with at this point. How about you, Ryan? Any any last thoughts on this situation? Huh. Tons more thoughts, man, but we need to get to bed. <laughs> thoughts and prayers. Those two. <laughs> Thank you for joining Ryan and me in this episode of Make Liberty Great Again, the first of the 2020s, the warring Yay. 20s. If you want to reach me, you know where to find me. Just type in this is MLGA anywhere. We have email. This is MLGA at MLGANetwork.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. This is MLGA. Check out MLGANetwork.com to find us, me, Ryan, a brand new Technoagorist is out, people. So, yep, you know. Definitely check that out. Go check that out. Also, you can check him out anywhere you want to type Technoagorist. One final thank you to Kyle Anzalone. And, you know, welcome to the 20s, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Stay sane.